Hey, Armstrong and Getty here. And the real estate market is about as crazy as it's ever been. I mean, it's just none of the old rules apply anymore. Everything's different. You gotta, you, you need expert advice. And there will be a new set of new rules next week, too, probably. That's why you have to get great real estate representation, good or bad or mediocre, will no longer do. Give Robert Millward a call. Robert's with Intero Real Estate now at 204-9493. Maybe you're thinking about selling. What's your house worth? Get a good solid number instead of a wild guess. Maybe you're not upside down anymore because, as Jack said, the rules are changing. Who can get approved for a short sale? Who can get approved for a mortgage? Call 204-9493, 204-9493. Talk to the only guy I'd use or go to JoeGettysRealtor.com. That's JoeGettysRealtor.com. I don't believe anyone doubts the American people's values or the commitment of the American government or the government's agencies to advancing those values and defending those values. And, and the president's values? The president speaks for himself, Chris. Are you separating yourself from that, sir? I've spoken, I've made my own comments as to our values as well in a speech I gave to the State Department this past week. A couple examples out there over the weekend. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Couple examples out there this week of um, some high-level uh, Trump people. Well, are they trying to say something, or what are they doing? What are they doing? Well, they're not exactly uh, jumping to the old man's defense, or so it might seem. By the way, the special sauce in a, Mc, in a McDonald's Big Mac has leaked. I just took a look at it. It usually leaks, often into your lap. Thirty-three ingredients. McDonald's hasn't uh, commented yet on whether this is the actual, but I'm going to make some at home today and bring in a gallon tomorrow. Oh, please do. We can all eat it with a spoon. Please welcome to the Armstrong and Getty Show, Michael Warren, senior writer for the Weekly Standard, talking about how Trump's advisors are speaking out in both ways, uh, in ways both harsh and subtle about uh, the president. Uh, Michael, please uh, forgive that butchered introduction. I'm sorry, I'm doing about four things at once. How are you? I'm great. Thanks for having me, guys. Yeah, you'd you'd think being able to speak clearly would be a prerequisite for this line of work, but nah, not so much. Anyway, no, I don't think so. So, uh, tell us uh, what you're writing about today. Well, I mean, it's uh, it's the story of the weekend, I guess, uh, involving the White House. It doesn't have anything to do with the hurricane, but uh, I think there's uh, you're seeing a movement somewhat among senior advisors in the White House. You started off with Gary Cohn, the uh, National Economic Council director, who's uh, loyal, loyal to Jared Kushner, who was brought into the White House through Jared Kushner, uh, saying sort of out loud in, a, in the Financial Times that Trump has to do can what was it can and must do better on race relations. Um, basically, saying that uh, he's getting pressure to resign, but he wants to stick around. But that the, the president needs to do better in his uh, response to Charlottesville, uh, his speech uh, in Phoenix. Um, it was it was pretty amazing. This was not even uh, you know a cabinet member at some far flung agency. This is right there in the White House. Gary Cohn is working there every single day. So, is this the precursor to him leaving the White House, or is it just uh, you know these guys feel like they 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 can't not speak out? Uh, I don't know. But it, it, it struck me as um, as a big moment. Uh, as did Secretary Tillerson speaking out as well, which you played at the top of this, and uh, and also something a little more subtle from 
from James Mattis. Oh, yeah, we should have grabbed the audio from the YouTube video that's making the rounds of uh, Mad Dog Mattis. What did he say? Oh, uh, yeah, so Mattis is speaking. I'm uh, not quite clear where he is. I think he's probably in Jordan speaking with um, last week with soldiers, uh, sailors, and Marines and some others. Um, and Mattis sort of said, just hold the line. This is kind of a theme of Mattis. Is just hold the line until our country gets back to understanding and respecting each other. Uh, we're so doggone lucky to be Americans. We've got two powers, the power of inspiration. We'll get the power of inspiration back. I mean, this is not exactly, uh, hey, we're making America great again here. This is not some you know sort of rah-rah speech for a member of the Trump administration. It's sort of, uh, hey guys, uh, things are things are problematic at home, but you know you, you guys here on the front lines are, uh, are are doing us proud. I think it's uh, you can read a lot into that, and I think you can read um, a lot correctly into that. That he seems to be making a subtle uh, criticism of uh, the president that he serves. Michael, remind me, there was the moment about a week, week and a half ago. So much happens these days; it's hard to keep track of time. But it was uh, fairly recently that several of the Joint Chiefs made statements affirming, I guess it was in the week of the president's initial response to the Charlottesville thing, several of the Joint Chiefs felt it necessary to make a a pronouncement about how they were firmly uh, against the forces of bigotry. That was a moment, wasn't it? Yeah, I think that was big. And now, uh, of course, they've um, they've got concerns because they have sort of a cross-section of America uh, who's serving underneath them. You know, and the, the people who serve in the military are, come from every background, every sort of racial background and economic and all that. Um, and uh, it's really their duty to sort of reassure everyone that they're all on the same team, that they're all working together. Um, but I agree that was a big moment and um, sort of underscored why what Trump said. You can, you can say whether or not it was fair to say that uh, there were other people on the left who were protesting and getting violent. Um, but why it was so important, I think, for the president to call out specifically uh, people on the, uh, you know, and the neo-Nazis and those sorts of things is um, because it was it, it, it's just one of those things that needs to be said and can't be said too many times that neo-Nazis, white nationalists have no place here. Uh, and I think the Joint Chiefs of Staff mentioning that sort of underscored the the absence of that. Uh, commentary from the president himself. You know, and listen, we got uh, we have so many listeners who, in the wake of the, uh, the the president's initial speech and then his second speech on Charlottesville, and then his uh, you know the, then talking again was it in Phoenix or whatever, and uh, who you know yell and scream that Trump's being treated unfairly by the mainstream media. He decried racism, blah blah blah, and I, and I see their point. I mean, vis a vis the mainstream media, there's no defending the mainstream media. On the other hand, when the guy who runs the Marines hears the president's speech and says, "Uh oh, I got to put out a statement saying I'm in favor of you know diversity and, and against racism and all," you got to admit that's that's amazing. Yeah, the mainstream media is unfair to the president. There's no doubt about that. Um, but uh, the mainstream media doesn't make, as you point out, uh, these other people in, in Trump's own administration and military leadership, uh, you know, say and do the things. You can you can argue, you can you can claim that you know, sort of the PC culture has taken over the military. But look, I don't think that uh, sort of the uh, unequivocal denunciation of white nationalism, neo-Nazis, that sort of stuff. Uh, is PC is controversial at all, and I think that is 
uh, at the core of this, the mainstream media, of course, goes overboard with everything when it comes to Trump. Uh, but the core of this is that uh, there's an obligation, even if it's unfair, for the president, particularly when there are people, as there were in Charlottesville, marching and thinking that they're marching in President Trump's name. In fact, he has, I think, a greater obligation to be even more loud and outspoken about it because they think they're doing, as they said in front of the TV cameras, they think they're doing what Trump wants them to do. Uh, and, and I think for the good of the country, uh, Trump needed to come out and say that. And now you've got these other officials sort of feeling the need to step out and reassure whomever that, that that's at least how the rest of the U.S. government feels. On the media thing, I don't know if you saw that uh, piece that did, the editor-in-chief of the Wall Street Journal had an uncomfortable meeting with all of his reporters and said, you guys are putting way too much anti-Trump editorializing into your supposed news stories, and we got to knock it off. And I thought that was really interesting. Mm. Um, yeah, it, I, I thought that was interesting, too. Jerry Baker, the editor of the Wall Street Journal, um, he's been accused. He's really had uh, you know, people either in his newsroom or formerly in his newsroom uh, coming after him, leaking out emails and these sorts of things and claiming that he's too close to Trump. Uh, I think Jerry has a bit of a problem of, of having that uh, a close connection. He was uh, interviewing the president. Uh, in the Oval Office a couple of weeks ago with his White House team uh, and sort of the, the, that transcript was leaked and it showed he was sort of being friendly with Ivanka Trump and, and sort of sharing that they had been to a, the same party recently and it was a little unseemly. But that being said, look, I mean, a straight newspaper like the Wall Street Journal needs to have straight news and I can't see sort of as a, you know as an issue, as a journalist myself, what's wrong with saying, look, if you're in a straight newspaper like us you got to be straight news and none of this analysis stuff there is not a lot of straight news out there um back to the uh mattis thing we came up with the audio i want to play this for everybody who hasn't heard it nobody's exactly sure where this is or when it happened and it's being taken out of context keep all that in mind excellent but this is the secretary of defense in front of some of our troops and you're buying time you're a great example for our country right now it's got some problems you know it and i know it it's got problems that we won't, we don't have in the military, and you just you just hold the line, my fine young soldiers, sailors, airmen, marines. No, you just hold the line until our country gets back to understanding and respecting each other and showing it, uh, being friendly to one another. So, so oh, okay, I think that was fair criticism of all sides. I mean, we've been talking about the uh, the thugs of Antifa and mm-hmm. the mischaracterization of various groups as an excuse to oppress them and the rest. I, I have a feeling he's talking about all of that. Yeah, I think so, too. But, I, I, again, I was struck by um, uh, by the specific example of, of, uh, of the former General Mattis saying, uh, you know, we'll get the power of inspiration back. And it's just such, such a different message than what the administration is normally saying, right, that the power of inspiration of making America great is back. Um, I think that that was not unintentional by uh, Secretary Mattis. God, I can't. I can't wait. Looking big picture, I can't wait until the books are written years from now, and maybe in some cases, <laughs> twenty five years from now, before we find out. And I may not be alive then, but I want to know what everybody was thinking during this stuff. Michael Warren, senior writer for the Weekly Standard. Michael, really good to talk to you. Thanks a million. Thanks for having me on, guys. Thanks. Well done. We'll never know what Trump was thinking, though, and he uh, and he makes all the decisions. So, just from a historical standpoint, whether it's a campaign or or now, nobody really knows 
what he's up to, and he's the only one who knows, and he may not tell. <laughs> right, right. Maybe Ivanka has some idea, but she's not talking. She'd be guessing. Yeah, yeah. You know, the the thing we're trying to do around here, and it's doomed, and it's a bad idea. I don't like being doomed. Or doomed. Is um, you don't have to like Trump to understand that the mainstream media is completely unfair to him. You don't have to like the Klan to be anti-Antifa thuggery in their fascism. Everybody need you don't have to be anti-Trump to understand what Mike Mattis is is driving at. I just wish everybody would calm the hell down and understand everybody is whipped up at this point. Everybody's got a little too much adrenaline going. And everybody's chucking their principles and just trying to score points and trying to whip up the mob on their side. And just just everywhere I look, I see people who've checked their logic and their principles and are just screaming at each you other. You don't have to be pro-Trump to want to enforce our borders. Right. Or have... A- you might think Trump is a bore and an idiot and be in favor of enforcing immigration law or passing a better law. Yeah. Right. Same with the whole tax reform thing. And that's the whole thing that's the, whole, the, the the horrible thing about choosing sides is you find yourself with not only strange bedfellows but completely horrific bedfellows and and you find yourself beating somebody down in a park like Rioga Lee or V rather friend of the Armstrong and Getty show. Who's just saying, listen, as a liberal black man, you got to quit beating people down for their politics. And that gets silenced and all, and he's been screamed at, called a Nazi by protesters for that message? Calm the hell down! I don't understand how Game of Thrones had their season finale. Didn't they just have like four episodes this year? But Sean's got his Game of Thrones season finale review coming up. Is that correct, Sean? That is correct, sir. Yeah, only seven seasons, seven episodes this season, eight next season, and that's it. We're done. Really, it's they, over, over. They, well, they have a bunch of spinoffs and yeah. other things, but yeah, the, the the main story of Game of Thrones done after next season. Is that uh, little feller still ruling over? Uh, you know, the, the dark dungeon of Oblangia? I only care about one thing: were there dragons last night? Stay tuned. Did they eat that little fella? <laughs> the little fella is fine, Joe. <laughs> Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show. If we were to all stand up united as one, our impact, it would be huge. Believe me, huge. (laughs) And that's not fake news. So let's leave here tonight remembering that we must show these Nazi white supremacist jerks in Charlottesville and all over the country that as a nation, With liberty as our slogan, we have zero tolerance for their violence, their hatred, and their discrimination. There you go. The crowd goes wild. That's Paris. Designed to finally stamp out my will to live. (laughs) That was Paris Jackson, Michael Jackson's little girl, all grown up. Really? Turns out she's anti-Nazi. Like like almost everyone else. You know, I was afraid Michael Jackson's daughter would be pro-Nazi. Turns out she's against it. Thank God. 
Well, all right. um, you got a bunch of little kids there. Yay, I know what I'm supposed to do. Yes, we're all anti-Nazi, except the Nazis. Sean with his final. Oh, I'm sure there are some self-hating Nazis out there. <laughs> <laughs> Sean with his final uh, 30-second Games of Thrones review in just a few minutes as uh, they had the season finale last night. Did you see this priest who is into kitty porn, which is disgusting, may you burn in hell, you son of a bitch. Uh, but he, so he got caught with a whole bunch of child porn and he says he was collecting it to get revenge on God because he kept losing at gambling. Well, that's rather a convoluted bit of reasoning and theology. Yeah. Interesting. Cause if you're a priest, you basically have a PhD in, in studying the Bible. And so he came up with, I'm not good at gambling, so right. I'm going to punish God by having child porn on my computer. I know what I'll do. I'll show God. Jeez. What? It, um, the, um, it's mind-bogglingly awful yeah. theology. It's bizarre logic. And I think it's completely inept criminal defense if that's what he was going for. Hard to imagine why he decided that was a good idea to string those words together. So, I remember The Sopranos. There was a season or two where they had like eight episodes. Right? Yeah. Yeah, which was fine with me. I was actually incorrect. Next season is only going to be six episodes, not Mm. eight. So it'll be even fewer than this one. But they are making each episode slightly longer. Last night's episode was 80 minutes um, and budgets are it's set. Like a movie. Well, right. budgets are set per season, not per episode. So by shrinking the episodes, you can invest more into uh-huh. each individual episode. And things like the dragons being more heavily featured this season. <laughs> CGI are expensive. Yeah, That's CGI right. is not cheap. So, so yeah, so they can decide. All right, listen. Here's our budget. Here's how many we want to do, which makes perfect sense to me. Uh, the idea that every season should be 22 episodes or whatever is just silly when you think about sure. it. The, uh, the fabulous Benedict Cumberbatch, uh, Martin Freeman, uh, Sherlock series, I think the last uh, series was three episodes. Yeah, yeah. Each There's season three is only... Three movies. It's a three two-hour movies, essentially, is each yeah. season. Yeah. Well, who in the history of telling stories has ever decided ahead of time how long a story should be before they go to telling it? The executives. That'd be a crazy way to come up with a story. Right. Shakespeare, we need you to pump something out. It needs to be exactly 47 minutes long. So you need, to, you need to cut out some good stuff or add some filler. Too much sword fighting. Or more. Too little sword fighting. Whatever it Too takes. Too many to... balcony soliloquies. <laughs> Whatever it takes to get to 47 minutes. Audiences in the 1600s don't want to sit there and listen to a soliloquy. <laughs> Have somebody get stabbed with a sword. <laughs> but anyway, it's time for the season ending Sean's 32nd Game of Thrones review. Season 7, Episode 7, The Dragon and the Wolf. The power players of Westeros hold a peace treaty at the Dragon Pits as there is no longer plausible deniability about the existence of the Army of the Dead and their march on the land of the living. When long winter comes, the lone wolf dives, but the pack survives. Master of Manipulation and Climber of the Ladder of Chaos, Littlefinger, finds that he may have met his match in the Star Sisters as his quilt of lies and deceptions begin to unravel around him. The Night's King is wasting no time in using his new aerial arsenal of a frozen zombie dragon. Oh, oh, damn whoa, it. whoa, whoa, whoa. Oh, an FZD. You ran out of time? Blah, blah, blah. When you got to the arsenal of a frozen zombie, zombie dragon? dragon? Oh, yeah. In the in, in the com- somewhat botched uh, plan of last week, um, the, the heroes were rescued, but they lost one of the dragons, and the Night's King having a, a penchant for raising no, the no, things no. that this they defeated. No, 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 this is a continuation of the... <laughs> Dang it, I almost Clearly snuck it in there. Roll. <laughs> so, uh, uh, Sean, I... I find myself wondering, have you ever decided to punish God? How, <laughs> how would you do it? 
I uh, used to work with somebody who had dragon pits. I'll tell you. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> nice. But now the question uh, I have is, does an ice zombie dragon, does it breathe? Like, fire can be blue if it's hot enough, but does it have, like, ice breath or blue fire? I don't know. The, I'll have these answers for you by the time next season <laughs> yes, rolls around. Vincent. Sean, what, what is the name of the blonde Daenerysis? Uh, Daenerys. Daenerys and, uh, and Jon Snow. Yes, Jon Snow. That is correct. They, uh, can, we, can we say what, what happened? Oh, they, uh, yeah, they, they, Spoiler alert. They, they made the beast with two backs, as uh, Shakespeare would say. <laughs> were, did they make it or were they attacked by it? There a <laughs> beast right. around. That's right. Yeah, so how, how graphic was it? Well, uh, uh, by the show standards, not very at all. By well, I watch Friends standards. Well, I, I, well, I mean, yeah, there was there were some cheeks. As my, be- <laughs> as, my cheek. as, as my Belle Allison tweeted, thumbs up to Jon Snow's perfect ass. <laughs> Thanks, nice. honey. Wow. Uh, and uh, I wanted to add to Sean's uh, Game of Thrones thing here. Uh, hi- friend of Armstrong Getty hit me to this. The little dude, Sean, his name is Tyrese? He, uh, Tywin Lannister. Exactly. Uh, no, Tyrion. Tywin was his father. Apologies. Tyrion yes. Lannister. Oh, of course, <laughs> yes. He, uh, I, I, I'm always on duty as captain of the Yano Patrol. Oh, yeah. And this is from last <laughs> night's episode. If there's no future, then why are we here? Why did you allow me to come? Not to help my enemies collaborate in my destruction. Yes, no. <laughs> wow. <laughs> that was yes, a, a medieval Yano. Was... Yeah, no. Oh, my God. <laughs> Reading it as written, he is a professional. A medieval Yano. Yes, no. <laughs> yes, no. Maybe. I say. Oh, hilarious, Vincent. Beautiful. Uh, what's coming up your news, Marshall? Uh, just uh, one moment. Without uh, being overly crude, Vincent, uh, inform your sweetie that Jon Snow has an ass double. All right. Yes, no. Lies. Yes, no. Coming up, Houston's mayor getting pummeled with questions about not ordering the evacuation of his city before the hurricane hit. Ah, yeah, this is getting coverage. I wondered. Yep. Sugar. Turns out sugar is as addictive as cocaine. I don't doubt it. And the Meriwether Connor fights unexpected side effect. Coming up minutes from now, Armstrong and Getty. Meriwether Connor? <laughs> Why didn't... The, what fight are you talking about? The one, you, you know, the one the other night. Mayweather McGregor? Oh, yeah, that one. <laughs> Meriwether Connor. What the hell? I missed that one. Was it good? <laughs> ah, boy. <laughs> So, yeah, we're all just waking up, I think. The world is waking up to the evils of sugar, and you've got more info on that. Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Oh, well, we haven't had time to get to chickens or the new dog. I'm not training no chicken to sit and fetch. I do know a lot of people with backyard chickens. Who live in urban areas? Mm. It's, it's a thing. Yeah, it's becoming more and more common with the uh, the whole just making your own eggs sort of thing. Right. Oh, speaking of organic and yeah. eggs, huh? Whole Foods today coming right out of the box with way lower prices. Whole paycheck is yep. whole paycheck no more. Mm. Amazon took over, and this is supposed to. Um, there are fears or excitement, depending on which side of it you're on. I guess that this is going to absolutely throw the whole grocery world just upside down immediately. Really? That they cut the prices so low at Whole Foods, and they got really great product, and now everybody's going to be trying to figure out how to react. And Yeah, I saw something by as much as like 40% yeah, price it, cuts it, on, it, on their stuff. It'd be like if all of a sudden Pepsi came out and, you know, charged 30 cents a can. Well, what's it do to Coke and blah, blah, blah? Kale um, prices are doomed. They literally are. We go to Whole Foods regularly anyway. My wife's really into organic. 
even though uh, we've had this conversation that there's no rules about what you can call organic. Right. <laughs> you can call anything right. organic if you want. But uh, it's affordable now, so it doesn't make any difference. And I saw a picture of a Whole Foods. Uh, they had the table set up, and they're selling Echoes, Amazon Echoes, in, inside the stores now. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Huh. To try to get you hooked on the whole day idea of, uh, yeah, ordering over your little Echo some cheap uh, Whole Foods stuff. Let's get the news now with Marsha Phillips. Uh, Houston's Mayor Sylvester Turner again defending the decision to not evacuate the city due to Hurricane Harvey. He says it was the right decision given what they knew. The decision that we made was a smart one. It was in the best in best interest of Houstonians. Um, it it, it, um, uh, it uh, was the right decision in terms of their safety. Now, Turner says Houston wasn't in the direct path of the storm, and he's also pointing out how hard it is to evacuate over 6 million people from a region. And, then- and when you and I'm forced to leave my home, this happens all the time, especially if the storm doesn't hit there, which they were not in the path of the right. storm. Your house gets broken into and your stuff gets stolen. Yeah, like, nobody ever talks about like, that. Like but... every single time. You remember the uh, the uh, evacuation of the uh, the area below the spillway in Northern right. California? Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, a number of listeners in that area texted us and said, yeah, my house got looted for some reason. And it could it be, Jack, you were talking about this before. You saw so many people saying... They really, they should have made the evacuation mandatory. The government needs to make people leave their homes. A lot of people are expressing sympathy for that view. Could it be that the media, being generally speaking pretty liberal, therefore generally speaking in favor of the government power, then not wanting to talk about looting because it tends to interfere with their reason? I don't, I don't get, know. Why would you? Why would you downplay looting? I don't know. It's an exciting story. Because there's rampant looting whenever there are invest- uh, evacuations. Well, how would there not be? If you're a scumbag, right. you know all these houses are empty. Right. On this entire block right here. I'm just going to break in any house I can see. We'll see what I find. I'm not a mayor of 2.3 million people, the population of Houston. But but just cover your ass, say mandatory evacuations, and then don't send the cops door to door to actually evacuate anyone. There you go. The Problem interesting solved. thing was that this this mayor dude was actively tweeting uh, in the 24 hours or so before the storm hit, saying, "Don't be listening to these alarmist weather forecasts. Or there's no reason to inv- to evacuate. Everybody, sit tight. You're going to be fine." Um, it's kind of weird that he went as activist as he did um, on telling people it's going to be... Ignore unfounded, unsourced weather predictions that have needlessly frightened Houstonians. Get info from trusted outlets. Turns out to be the greatest flood, like, since the Pleistocene era. Some of these pictures are incredible. You see, I oh, mean, yeah. just, like, city streets with the water just below where the street lights are, the traffic yeah, lights. Right. It's, oh, man. Well, they got bayous, and I was born on the bayou. They got bayous there that are going to exceed the highest level they've ever been by 20 feet. Oh. Just, come on. Did you see the picture of all the old people in that old folks' home yeah, with the water yeah. up to their chest? chest? high, yes. Oh, uh, man. One of, them, one of them seemed to be knitting at the time. <laughs> yeah, you got That's what you do to pass the time. Indeed. What, what do we do to these floodwaters? You're going to knit us a raft right out of here. <laughs> <laughs> Turns out sugar may be just as addictive as cocaine. Researchers from St. Luke's Heart Institute assessed all the existing research about sugar and addiction. They ultimately found out that sugar and opioid drugs trigger a similar response in the brain's reward system, and over time we need more and more sugar 
to get the same reward response leading to addiction. Wow. And what they're saying is if you if you go cold turkey and just stop stop doing sugar eating sugar all at once, you're going to go through or you could go through withdrawal similar to a drug addict going cold turkey. The concern to me would be if you're a co- I've never been a cocaine addict, but I think I probably am a sugar addict along with almost everybody else listening right now. Right. Um but so the advice if you're a cocaine addict would be don't ever do cocaine again. And uh, but you can't do that with sugar. That's unrealistic to just not take in any sugar. So be so it's like having to do a little bit of cocaine every day. And I'm sure I'm not thinking that works very well. Yeah. If you're a coke addict. Yeah. Any any uh, buddy with an eating disorder of any sort will agree with you on that. Yeah. You can't separate yourself from it. You just got to try to do a little. And one more time for the final call after ten rounds. some of me whiskey. <laughs> the, the little leprechaun leaps up onto the conference room table and says, how about this notorious whiskey there, boys? The Floyd Mayweather versus Conor McGregor boxing match is now being blamed for the worst box office weekend Hollywood has seen in years. And not because the movies suck? Well, the movies do suck that are out right now. <laughs> That's a big part of it. Yeah. Sucky <laughs> movies are nothing new, Jack. Back to you, Marshall. Right. Millions of people watched the fight over the weekend, and dozens of movie theaters were showing the event on the big screen across the country. Man, I wish I'd watched that uh, live with some fellers. I watched it alone, but it was entertaining. It was actually yeah. entertaining. Oh, yeah. It, it, you fully believed that McGregor could take him out at any right. time. Oh, yeah. The and you first, knew the other was an option. First seven rounds, especially. Yeah. It was on. Could have gone either way. But then the Irishman tired. Yeah, he just ran out of gas. Yeah, he did. He got gas, and then Mayweather just went surgical <laughs> yeah. and just started punching him at, at will. It was uh, Floyd Mayweather is an evil human being. He is a woman beater and uh, a moron and a hundred other things. On the other hand, he is an unspeakably great boxer. God, his conditioning. He was, a, you know, McGregor, who's an unbelievable athlete. Just look at him. Right. And it trained, you know, uh, religiously. And a bigger Ran. guy and about 13 years younger, too. Right. Ran out of steam. And Mayweather looked as fresh as Daisy. It was like it was the first round. Well, he was an amazing athlete. I yeah, thought we were back. close. Let me let me wobble back to my corner. <laughs> recompose myself. <laughs> and the man couldn't let it go a tad longer. As McGregor said. <laughs> been here before. I've been strangled on live TV and came back. So, I don't know. What are you looking to just let it go? Yeah, that, that, last, uh, that last bit. I mean, that was... You remember the old guy said uh, he was on stage with Donald Trump? Hey, first I'm leaving. <laughs> but him, and it took us 10 minutes to decode what he said. Him coming back out in one of his own suits yeah. with his chest puffed yeah. out the way he walks with a big bottle of his own whiskey in his hand and glass. Who wants to drink some notorious whiskey on sale soon? <laughs> I mean, it's just fantastic. Oh, yeah. I kind of was a leafy. <laughs> That's a wrap. That's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips here. I'm Strong and Getty Show, the voice of the West. Do we have any more of the press conference? That is just awesome. I've been talking about it all day. I'd like to hear more of it. <laughs> That's the way you handle a loss. You act like it never happened. Ah, you win some, you lose some, boy. <laughs> Who wants some whiskey? <laughs> What we got coming up is, uh, well, what he felt like in the 10th round. The petering out. Oh, boy. On the Armstrong and Getty Show.
So the Cajun Navy is out helping their Texas friends there in uh, the Houston area. It's just a bunch of citizen rescuers, people that own boats, cruising around, uh, looking for dogs stranded, people stranded, whatever. Fantastic. Trying to get them to safety. That's the American spirit, the can-do spirit. Need to go around and arrest those people for taking law into their own hands. That's the proper work for the official authorities. Are they officially licensed to go around rescuing people? Yeah, do they exactly. have the paperwork in place? Do they? Are they bonded? Do they have a liability insurance? Just a matter of time before you have a lawsuit where somebody gets hurt or has a heart attack on one of those boats or something, and then it's only a people with official government credentials that come do Way to take a really positive story and turn it angry. I'm talking to myself. <laughs> Unbelievable. Hey, I just retweeted a picture. By the way, if you don't follow us on the Twitter and the Instagram, you should. I'm starting to Instagram more. I'm getting it. I'm starting to figure it out. Do you use an app, or what do you use? Yeah, the Instagram app. Gotcha. And actually, I use uh, another app that if I Instagram something, it immediately gets tweeted. So I'm getting hip. Getting hip to that. It's brand but synergy right there. Here is a uh, big, strong, he's wearing camo pants and a, a trucker's cap, a strong uh, fella. He's obviously in Houston, Texas. He is carrying a woman who appears to be Asian and her baby. Um, she's holding the baby. He, he's holding them both and carrying them out of the floodwaters. And it's been captioned, toxic masculinity and privilege, which is some really beautiful, beautiful sarcasm. Um, and, and we've just retweeted it at the Armstrong and Getty Twitter account. And so. Instagrammed it? Uh, no, I don't think so. I haven't mm. figured out how to make the app go that way. Gotcha. I, why? It, 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 it mystifies me. Did you see the dog carrying his dog food? That really made the rounds over I the weekend. I did not. There's a dog carrying his bag of dog food. Got my essentials. <laughs> <There's> <laughs> I'm out of here. There's a gal on a plane uh, with two dogs last night, Jack. Two dogs. Same row as us. Not on the same side, the other row. Rather a hefty gal, too. I'm not going to, you know, <laughs> I'm not here to hurt anybody's feelings. Just gonna say, she had a couple of dogs with her. Why does that play a role? Or are you just fat shaming people? It it actually does because they're diabetic alert dogs that smell or sense if her blood sugar gets too low or whatever. Can't you wear a bracelet or something? Nah, I want. You need a dog. I'm sorry. You need a what? Two dogs. You need two dogs apparently. No, nah, nah, they and gotta, they, they were pugs. They got it. Well, well, the second dog confirms that the first dog yes. did not get a false positive. Right. Well, and, you, and then you got to have a <laughs> right. Then you got to have a doctor on hand to see if the pugs are diabetic because they're famously fat, fat dogs. Wow! I keep saying, I say to my pug so they every gotta, day, they got to have a squirrel that they carry around, to pull around <laughs> on a leash. I walk in the house every day and say, "What's up, fatty?" Fatty, fatty, you're fatter than you were when I left this wow, morning. Wow, fat shaming your dog? That's wow. sick. He's very fat. That's more about you than him. Dogs don't know words. They know tones. As long as you say it with a smile, he thinks hey, he's loved. Hey, fat little dog. He no longer has a neck. Wow. <laughs> he outgrew his neck. Well, wow. wait, how, how did he get so fat? You guys yeah. feed him like he all the time? He doesn't feed himself. Pugs are, just, pugs are just built that way. Really? Yeah. Whoa. They're built to be really, really That's why fat. why their eyes pop God, out. they're ugly little bastards. <laughs> they are ugly Sorry. little bastards. <laughs> There's just no getting around it. No. You can pretend otherwise if you want. <laughs> but sometimes I think they're they're so ugly that it's kind of cute. No, that's what people say. So ugly, they're cute. It's I think like, it just makes uh, you more ugly. It's like uh, old Gollum from the Lord of the Rings movies. No, he wasn't so ugly. He was cute. There's nothing cute about that. No, no, he's kind of cute. Really? <laughs> I thought so. Yeah, they're cute till the eyes pop out. Uh, <laughs> that, would, that would not be cute. Didn't mention. Uh, well, I mentioned it last week, but you weren't here. That my uh, my five year old yelled, "I'm effing out of here!" and stormed out of the classroom <laughs> shortly into his first day of kindergarten. Well, no need for a paternity test. <laughs> <laughs> Hilarious. <laughs> Let's hear our guest announcer. And now. 
Final Thoughts with Armstrong and Getty. Was that just meant to be sultry? Uh, I, I, I don't know. It moved. <laughs> oh, Here's your host for Final Thoughts, Joe Getty. <laughs> Let's move along quickly to everybody's final thought. Hey, Vincent, what's your final thought? Band name of the day goes to Joe Getty yes. for the Will to Live Stampers, but bottom of the day and best ethnic impression of the day goes to Jack Armstrong for this has as good whiskey. <laughs> Marshall Phillips, your final thoughts. Well, I'll tell you what, now that I'm almost totally out of debt, I'm going to head over to the Raven Social and Athletic Club and, well, you know. <laughs> hey, uh, Positive Sean, what's your final thought over there, huh? Yeah, if you are in a position to help the uh, the organizations that are helping those in Houston's, uh, make sure that you do your research. There's a lot of scams that oh, pop up during these one. times. Uh, give give well, but give give to good places. Don't don't get scammed out there. That's a good one right there. That was a announcement that served the public. Well done. Uh, Michelangelo, final thought? Uh, yeah, I'll be checking out Whole Foods today, and I do think that Amazon's going to use some sort of new technology that's going to change the grocery industry. Yep. I really do. Wow. Uh, Jack, final thought? I think I'll stop by Whole Foods also. We go there regularly anyway, but I want to I see what the hubbub is. Going to get a different crowd, though. You're going to have Walmart people in my Whole Foods. Oh, no. Huh? Does anybody want that? <laughs> <laughs> wow, I wish we had another segment we could... <laughs> Analyze the uh, the aggressive uh, classism, racism. I, I don't want to buy my uh, organic avocado with a side dish of looking at your plumber's cleft. Oh, boy. Oh, golly. And my final thought is uh, having dropped off my little one at college the other day, the, the weekend has been full of angst and worry and texts and boyfriend issues and the rest of it. I just got this. I think I'm joining underwater hockey. <laughs> There you go. There's a class for so There you go. Let's get the, get into the college experience. <laughs> Underwater hockey. Don't you drown? I mean, that's the games are about a minute long. All the players are dead. Again. Okay. Now oh, then we're done. And we're done. Armstrong and Getty wrapping up another grueling four-hour workday. So many people to thank. So little time. Go to armstrongandgettyradio.com. We got a lot of good clicks for you. A lot of, uh, you know, our contact information. Is there something we ought to be talking about? There was some some more muttering in there. I don't know. <laughs> I've been drinking a lot of Conor McGregor's whiskey. Yeah, so is that not out yet, his uh, notorious whiskey? For sale soon! I wonder what it tastes like. Whiskey. Um, God bless America. This is a historic act uh, of uh, devastating incompetence. I will not sugarcoat this. This is a disappointing day for us. Big mistake, but not too bad. The fun level in this room is at an 11 right now, and that brought it down. The ride is over! The time for the clowns and the acrobats and the dancing bears has passed. Get away from here. Get. Get. Yeah, we apologize for our stupidity, and we really hope you forgive us for what we've done. Thank you, and good night. Because the show's over. What? Bye-bye. I've been here before. I've been strangled on live TV and came back. So I don't know. I would have liked to just let it go. Armstrong and Getty, the voice of the West.